Good morning. Welcome to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm Gary Demas, president of Dave Fox Design Build Remodelers right here in Columbus. And if any of you have been in town for a while, which is probably almost all of you, then I'm sure that you know of our company. And we do have uh, our newer showroom is on 3505 West Dublin Granville Road, right off uh, close to Sawmill, 161 in Sawmill. And if you ever swing by there, please stop in if it's during business hours and say hi. We'd love to see you. We do hear a lot of comments from the radio listeners, and we really enjoy hearing that. So let's see. Tomorrow is President's Day, so uh, keep that in mind. And the Home and Garden Show is happening right now through next Sunday, February 24th at the Ohio Expo Center. So today the show is going on throughout the day and then the rest of this week. And then uh, a week from today, Sunday, will be the final day. So I'm sure many of you will enjoy going out to that and seeing the biggest home and garden show in the Columbus area. And then check out DaveFox.com on our event page to get more info or find out about tickets and special special show times. <clears throat> so, again, we just appreciate everyone tuning in today. You can always reach us by email by emailing info at DaveFox.com. Sometimes we'll get uh, requests for shows or uh, you'll have comments or questions about something we talked about. We always enjoy getting those emails and hearing from our listeners. So um, today I would like to introduce Rick Wooster and Anastasia Huffman. Rick and Anastasia, thanks for being here this morning. Thank you. Thanks, sir. All right. So you two are from our good partners, Hamilton Parker Tile Company. And actually, is it still Tile Company? Because I know you sell so much more than tile. But we almost shortened it just to Hamilton Parker, but... Um, yeah. We so, have brick and masonry, garage doors, a lot of products. Yeah. Fireplaces. Fire, fireplaces. Mm -hmm. You name it. And a whole lot of tile, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <clears throat> great. Well, it's great having you here this morning. Uh, so, obviously, we're going to be talking about tile. And, you know, I think probably everyone listening has tile somewhere in, in their home. Or you've lived with it at some time, whether it's in your uh, shower walls, your shower floor, uh bath floor, kitchen floor, entry floor. So we all have experience with tile, and a lot of people do have a lot of questions about tile, too. It's been around a long time. There's so many different types of tile and so many different ways to install it. So we're going to get into that throughout the show. But right now, I'd like for you two to introduce yourselves. So, Rick, you want to talk a little bit about uh, your role at Hamilton Parker, what you do, and kind of your background? Yeah, I've been in the tile business quite a while with Hamilton Parker, 25 years. Okay. Um, just recently, I've been transitioning out of the showroom uh, to a more technical role where I'll help with education uh, in-house and uh, then uh, also am still heavily involved in sales. But um, it all leads back to the showroom quite often. But in sure. the meantime, uh, just recently transitioning into a new role. Okay. Well, with 25 years under your belt, Rick, that's a lot of experience in the tile industry. And I'm sure you've been running, you've run into about every scenario you can imagine through all that time and you've learned a lot. So it's great that you're in a position now where you can kind of get out there and educate and, and be more of an expert in that field. Sounds good to me. Okay. Anastasia, tell us a little bit about your background and what you do at Hamilton Parker. Um, so at Hamilton Parker, I'm inside sales. Um, so I'm out in the showroom. I'm with customers. Um, I've been there for almost two years now. Absolutely love it. Um, but I really am 
face to face with the homeowners, with all their questions, um, really there to try to help them and um, navigate all the different choices they have uh, to remodel their homes and what would be best for their scenario and um, for their space. So just kind of helping guide them through all the choices and narrow down um, selections, what would yeah. be best. So Anastasia, how did you get interested in this career or this, uh, what you're doing now? Um, so I went to school for industrial design. Um, so I was taught with a bunch of different, like from product design, um, which I guess kind of leads me specifically to tile, but also interior design was with that as well. So, um, just learning, uh, working with clients and narrowing down from their tastes to actually what could work with them, um, to actual like technical tile aspects, especially with the industrial design degree. I'm very interested in all the little like nitty gritty details, as they say, yeah. of like construction and how it all works. Yeah. And there are a lot of details in construction and materials and installation methods. So, wow, that's true. And they say the devil's in the details, right? So there's so many, <laughs> so many things that have to be considered and uh, evaluated, um, both on your end where you're presenting product and selling it and explaining it to homeowners. And then on my end where I'm buying it from you folks and installing it in their homes. So there's a lot to be aware of. So uh, Rick and Anastasia, what um, over your years of experience in dealing with homeowners or clients coming in and asking questions, are there any like reoccurring questions that you run into often or what are some of the interesting things that people ask about with tile? Quite often it's uh, maintenance. Once we, once we get past the selection of the tile, uh, maintenance is is quite often on their mind. Um, you know, there are little nuances on the spacing of the tile, and we see the market dominated by rectified porcelain tiles, which means they've been trued after they've been created, allowing us to do much smaller grout joints than we ever have before, although there's still, you know, a reasonable small grout joint that we have to, to go by. Um, but it's, it's, it's a funny thing because I've been doing this long enough. I've seen tiles disappear from the marketplace that are now coming back. We've seen the popularity of concrete tiles reappear. Just the size of an eight inch by eight inch tile, which was long off the marketplace, is now very popular again in solid colors and particularly prints. Um, off of what you said with maintenance too, I mean, even from the beginning of it, sometimes it's before they select the tile that almost narrows it down completely because, you know, you'll start to tell people, well, this has a little bit more maintenance then it's off the table for mm -hmm. them sometimes. And that almost like completely steers them in the direction of off of just maintenance and cleaning and upkeep. Yeah. And with uh, like some of the porcelain tiles, it can look so much like real stone. I mean, it's, it's a no brainer, isn't it? It's right. dramatic what the porcelain manufacturers have been able to do yeah. in terms of just appearance and mm -hmm. size. So Rick, the eight by eight you say are coming back, where where are they being used at? Well, you know, so a lot of it is is decorative and we see them used throughout the home. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, and every, every client has their own comfort level, but we're seeing bathroom walls, we're seeing kitchen backsplashes, entry floors. So. It's fun to see the acceptance again of these products. They were wildly popular when I first started in the uh, tile business. Um, back then, they broke a lot. It was the old red body product from Italy, and Italy had less basements, more concrete subfloors. The opposite is true here. So if you didn't nail the installation perfectly, we saw a lot of broken corners and cracked tiles. So the new, the new generation of these tiles is porcelain. They're very hard to break. Um, so... Best of both worlds now, easier maintenance and uh, and better strength. 
Yeah, I remember years ago putting eight by eights in and thinking, you know, how terrific they looked. And then years later, I would look at them and think, oh my gosh, that is so old looking. But it's so true how things just recycle, don't they? They just keep coming back. And even colors like brass finishes, although it's different than the old brass, which my house, which is 30 years old, is full of the old glossy, shiny brass. Now it's, you know, that subtle finish. But, you know, they do, they just bring back products, tweak them a little bit. Uh, now, of course, the 8x8s, I'm sure the grout joints are smaller. There's so much more probably color and patterns available, I would imagine. So do you, Anastasia, get into a lot of 8x8s with your clients? Um, yeah, it's actually that go-to size if they have like a smaller bathroom and they don't have those wide, expansive master baths, but they still want something fancy on their floor. Uh, 8x8s kind of like that perfect little size. Um, but I also think it helps because the 8x8s that a lot of people think of oh, that looks old would be like maybe like the solid colors. Yeah. And so the pattern really helps now um, to kind of bring it about. And then they honestly don't even notice the size as much that it just works really nicely in a smaller space. Yeah. And like a, on a kitchen backsplash, I could see that, you know, being very popular there because it's, it's larger than like the old four by fours, which, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know that anybody likes those right now. But anyways, mm -hmm. so it's really fascinating. Now, uh, we're going to talk about grout because a lot of people have questions about grout. Some people hate grout, right, and hate cleaning it. And uh, they have in their mind that if they put tile in, they've got all this grout to clean. So we're going to take a quick break. After the break, we want to address that. We'll be right back. Good morning. Welcome back to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. Don't forget tomorrow, President's Day. And also the Home and Garden Show is going on this week out at the fairgrounds. So uh, you can go on our website at DaveFox.com, find out more information about that or what shows may be going on throughout the week. And today I have Rick and Anastasia with me from Hamilton Parker. And Rick and Anastasia, it's great to have you here. So uh, I promised everybody we would talk about grout because everybody loves grout, right? Or not? <laughs> A little bit of both. <laughs> A little bit of both. Love, hate. Yeah, I guess, you know, grout can be, um, if it's a strong contra contrasting color to the tile, it can really make a design statement. Uh, but I, I guess typically people that have, especially people that have had tile in their home for many, many years, probably don't love grout so much because they've had to clean it. And things have changed over time. So that's what we want to talk about today. So what can you tell me about grout today? Um, well, I just have to honestly, every time the homeowners almost like change their whole decision based on grout, I always have to reassure them that don't let the grout steer your decision because it's completely different from the old grout. Um, it just has a lot more antimicrobial um, value in it and just the color can be more vivid and it really just depends on the grade of grout you get, not so much how much grout you have visible. It really just depends on what type of grout you get and they can choose whatever they want to go with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we really haven't uh, ever had more choices than right now in grouts. Um, so most everybody's familiar with the traditional cement-based grouts, and those have been joined by higher performance versions of those that r resist staining even more so than in the past, and some of these upgraded cement-based grouts may not need the use of a sealer down the road. There's still some special situations that we might discuss with the homeowner that a sealer could benefit them. And epoxy has always been on the market, not always easy to work with. Um, for those folks with allergies, their hands can be a mess. Um, but the new big advantage is in urethanes and uh, acrylic grouts. They're in a bucket, all but ready to use. Some simple mixing is all that's required. 
And these grouts have amazing color consistency. Um, they're a little bit flexible, so not all subfloors are always created equal. And if there's a little bit of movement, um, most cement-based grouts will fail. The, the compression slowly breaks down the cement and it cracks or crumbles. But these new acrylics and urethanes can take a little bit of movement and stay put. Uh, um, so that's, that's a big advantage. Yeah. Now, Rick, are the acrylics and urethanes pre-mixed in a bucket? They are. They're the, so we choose a color. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is literally take off the lid and remove a little plastic film that helps keep the air away from it uh, and then move on to, to grouting. And you don't want to work perhaps more than 15, 20 minutes ahead of yourself, which is quite different than cement-based grouts, which you let harden up some before you get back into the cleanup mode with a sponge and water. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, there's some time saving involved and uh, better results for the homeowner. Yeah, you know, I learned that when I was grouting my kitchen uh, backsplash tile about two years ago because that was my first experience with the. Uh, I don't know, honest. I I don't know if it was urethane or acrylic, but it was in a premixed in a tub, and uh, I just was used to the more cement based, where you just put a bunch on, like you said, and then you go back later and you start to to sponge it off. Well. I, I did too much that first time, and I found out I got a rude awakening. It was really doggone hard to get off because mm-hmm. I waited too long. But then after that, I just did, like you said, a smaller area, wiped it down, and it wasn't nearly so bad. But um, I feel better that I have a grout that is more durable now and more color steadfast. That's good. Yeah, these are uh, big improvements we've just seen perhaps in the last few years uh, through Bostic. We've had True Color, and just recently we've added them a pay line of products to Hamilton Parker. They have an acrylic-based product called Flex Color CQ that we're very excited about and uh, look forward to uh, uh, the feedback we get from our homeowners. And, it, and it's viable commercial product as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> now, I know that we use a lot of the permacolor grout that we get from you folks so explain to our audience where that fits in the mix. Um, permacolor grout would almost be like you have your regular sanded, unsanded, and then permacolor is just a step above that just makes all the difference um, versus where the flex color, um, the ones that come in a bucket pre-mixed, those are almost like the best um, standard Again, staining, uh, color consistency is perfect in those, whereas permacolor is just just enough if someone doesn't want to spend, you know, $100 on a bucket, mm-hmm. um, it'll still do the trick of, like, helping them a lot more. So it's just the little details. It's a small enough change, but it does make a big difference. Mm-hmm. So should we uh, step it up then to the next next higher grout? Depends on the space, honestly. Yeah. Uh, for so, a okay, shower. Okay, so explain that. What, what space would you recommend it in? Um, for, like, a shower or a space where people, I mean, I'll have homeowners come in and if they're already talking about cleaning the grout, worrying about it turning yellow, if they're using white grout, I automatically will say, okay, you really just need to do the bucket grout, the true color from Bostic, say, um, because there it's pretty much guaranteed it's going to keep its color, it's going to fight off those bacteria and those staining mildew mold. Um, but if it's for like an entryway floor or just, um, a little mud hall or something, then the permacolor is going to do the trick of like, oh, this is a lot better than just regular sanded grout, but it's not going to break the bank and it's not going to need to fight off nearly as much as like constant water Mm -hmm. uh, to shower. Yeah. And the permacolor goes on more like the older traditional grout, you know, just it's easy to trial on and you you don't have to jump on it right away and, and wipe it down. 
uh, where the bucket stuff is, the just the technique in installing it is a little different. The uh, the Laticrete permacolor would be more classified as a cement-based grout, although mm-hmm. it is one of the higher-performing versions. Mm-hmm. And we've really even seen a second generation of permacolor called Permacolor Select. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Anastasia, what kind of grout would you put in your bathroom floor? For my bathroom floor... Um... It would depend on the color, but I would probably do like either like Bostic Vivid or Permacolor mm-hmm. um, for a bathroom floor. If it was a lighter color grout, I might consider doing even the urethane or acrylic-based grouts mm-hmm. um, just because that white, you really don't want to see it yellow at all, especially, you know, near the toilet or where there's water dripping or anything like that. But if it's a darker grout, medium gray um, from those colors, you really won't notice it as much with color, but... That's good to know because uh, like a white cement-based uh, grout will end up gray, right, <laughs> over mm-hmm. time. It'll you, just darken. Even, even with these new high-performance grouts, mm-hmm. you, it's still not a smart idea to put white grout in your kitchen or mm-hmm. your back door entry, especially, in, you know, if you've got a bunch of dogs. So it's, some of it is still common sense, although the grouts can perform at those levels. Mm-hmm. Just take some maintenance. Okay, so speaking of maintenance, how do... Okay, if you've got the, let's say, permacolor, which is a higher-performance cement-based grout, that probably takes different maintenance care than the higher-performance urethanes and acrylics, right? The the reality is yes, Mm -hmm. but when we look at grout really up close, if, if we were to get it under a microscope, there's little hills and valleys, and we could not we could have a light color grout turn dark just because the valleys have accumulated have captured dirt. Um, now that's easy to rectify, but the reality is there's other things that can cause your grout to turn dark and it's not a stain issue. That Just the physical texture of grout can capture things, I guess what I'm yeah. trying to say. And speaking, speaking of the physical texture, you know, we used to hear about the sanded grout and the unsanded. And is that still, does that hold true with the newer grouts or not? Not exactly as in the past. The Where unsanded grouts you would have to use in an eighth of an inch or smaller grout joint because you could see shrink cracking later if the grout joint was too large. And of course, sanded grout you saw around the country, well, where the grout is manufactured, they have different access to sand. Sometimes those particles are a little larger or smaller. But the new Mm -hmm. generation of grouts, quite often it's a very fine aggregate and they can be used in eighth of an inch up to perhaps sometimes half inch or three quarter. So, it helps us as a business. We perhaps can have fewer amounts of SKUs or bags sure. in the warehouse, so to speak. Um, but it all, you know, th- there are certain customers that still want true unsanded. Many are comfortable with the new options. Sure, interesting. Okay, <clears throat> now uh, sealing is a big issue with grout, and there's tons of questions swirling around that. So we're going to take a quick break again, and we'll talk about sealing grout. Good morning. You're listening to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show, and I'm Gary Demas. Really pleased to be with all of you this Sunday morning. And tomorrow is, well, let's see, what is tomorrow? President's Day, right, on Monday. And again, the Home and Garden Show is going on this week, so don't forget about that. So today I have Rick and Anastasia with me from Hamilton Parker, and it's good to have both of you here. Thanks for being on the show. And thanks for letting me pick your brain and uh, all of our listening audience here, all these interesting facts about tile and grout. And, you know, we're going to talk now about sealing grout. So the last segment we talked a lot about the different types of grouts and 
some of their performance uh, based on the type of grout, some of the applications where you're going to use the different types of grouts, and also colors and how they might influence where you put them. Right, Anastasia? Right. Right. So now I want to talk about sealing grout because I know from having been in this business for many years, um, and, you know, back when I started, it was the old cement stuff that was just the basic grout and had all the negative characteristics that everybody learned to hate <laughs> over time. Um, so, and the sealers back then, I don't even recall, you know, if there was much available for, for really sealing uh, grout well. And over time, the grouts have Im- improved. And then the question, and then sealers have come on the market, which are pretty doggone good. You know, they some are penetrating and have great characteristics <clears throat> for uh, stain resistance and, and water resistance. So now as you've got this dynamic of grouts improving and do they need sealer or do they not need sealer or when do you seal it and when do you not seal it and what grouts do you seal and what grouts don't you seal? So there's tons of questions. So can you guys just clarify all of that for our radio audience? <laughs> well, let's let's rule out the, the grouts that you never have to seal. And that would, first of all, be epoxy. Okay. Um, the acrylics and the urethanes, we wouldn't have to seal. Um, the hybrid grouts that we have been discussing usually don't need a sealer. You know, there could be some scenarios, someone that might extensively. Um, someone might talk to us about, you know, a number of pets they have coming through the back door. So sometimes that just needs to be done. But you're right, Gary, when I first started doing this, the silicone sealers probably broke down in about six months that we had back in the late 70s, early 80s. So we've come a long way. We can see uh, sealer manufacturers talk about 15-year warranties. Um, that would, you know, you have to still mop with something neutral because you can break down that sealer life by using harsh cleaners. So um, this started out, we talking about sealers and we need neutral cleaners to make that sealer life uh, be as long as possible. Mm-hmm. So how about installing sealers? Is that easy or tough? Um, so... It depends. I mean, if you want to seal your grout, seal your tile, a lot of homeowners get scared when I say like, oh, well, you know, this will need sealed. They think it's some really hard process that you need a professional to do. But um, from my personal experience, we had to seal our backsplash. Um, and it's really almost, I guess I could describe it as like when you wax a car almost, you just put it on, wait a second, and then you buff it off. But it's really just a rag and, you know, the liquid Uh, sealer so it's actually a really easy process and you just go tile by tile or a little grout joint wherever you really need it just watch the karate kid and yeah you'll know exactly how to seal your tile so is there a particular type of sealer that's better than another or do you use one type on one kind of grout or a different type on another we usually talk about penetrating sealers and there's there's a lot of awesome brands on the market again we have a couple um There are sealers, well, it's all about protecting, but occasionally it's about color enhancement. So we also see sealers that enhance colors. Uh, That could be a grout thing, or it can be a tile-related issue as well. Now, we all know most of the tiles we sell today don't have a lot of absorption, but yet some can be influenced by these uh, enhancing sealers. And from there, we see a specialty sealer that can uh, help with uh, slip, reducing slip on products as well. 
reducing that slip fall liability. Okay, so that sealer would be for a tile that would absorb the sealer then? Yeah, you know, and even our porcelain, well, there are these tiny little microscopic pores in porcelain, especially if it's polished. So quite often those benefit from the sealing process. We're kind of closing those up to some extent so they can't capture grout. It's not so much a, about stain protection as that point, is it as a, a maintenance thing in terms of making sure the floor's looking pretty when you're done and it's not a big hassle getting this pigment that has been mm -hmm. captured in the pores. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I know a lot of homeowners that have, I, I can think of some shower installations that we've done, and the homeowners were really concerned about sealer and no water getting through the grout. But I think it's important for people to understand that with the modern shower systems we have today, uh, all the product going behind the tile before the tile even touches the shower wall, you know, there are these beautiful systems that are designed to be completely waterproof. So you could literally, and we've actually had clients shower in their showers before the tile even went on, if we were doing two bathrooms at the same time. Mm -hmm. Because we can put, there's the systems like the Weedy and the Schluter systems that, uh, <clears throat> you know, you basically skin the whole entire uh, wall and floor system, and it's all completely waterproof before any tile even goes on there. And it's all designed to drain water down and out the, the waste and and to eliminate problems. And then you put the tile over that because I know from experience, I can remember a tile shower that I uh, demoed years ago when I was out there working in the field and tearing out tile and smelling all the dust and everything. But this tile uh, looked it was about 30 years old at that time, and the tile looked like it was in great shape. And I mean, it was in the thick mud, thick mud base, and it came out really hard. There was all the wire lath behind there, and it was yeah. a nightmare pulling that stuff out of there. Big hammers. <clears throat> but what I was amazed to find was that moisture had penetrated through all of that, and there was water stains on the studs behind there. And I looked, and I thought, my gosh, I can't believe this, because the tile looked immaculate, and how could water have ever gotten through there? But the fact is, water does get through grout, and um, you can't depend entirely on the grout and the tile to keep water out and to keep your shower from leaking. So you need that subsystem behind the walls and behind the floor that actually catch all the water and route it out through the drain. Uh, so um, people who are expecting the sealer to keep their water or their shower from leaking, it's not really the case. You know, water is going to get through that grout some way, isn't it? I mean, somehow or another. That's very true. Yeah. And yeah, and water causes a lot of problems. And yeah, these systems from Schluter and Weedy have been a godsend. Um, and you're right, they are for the most part completely waterproof, just out of the box. And with that comes some wonderful shower bases where you don't have to do the old thick concrete floors too. Absolutely. Yeah, I enjoy using those, and they're available in so many different sizes now. And some of them you can, uh, and they have the taper built in, which is really nice uh, for installers uh, because you've got that on. You don't have to put the mud base in there and taper it yourself. And if you've got a gigantic, huge shower, you can put a, extend it with a mud base on some of the systems. Just All is nice. not lost for those folks who want to do cement board and a little more straightforward shower. Mm -hmm. There are some uh, really very excellent roll-on waterproofers that uh, 
will block all that water from entering the sub, uh, the cement board and getting back to the studs and mm-hmm. into the wall cavity where mold can perhaps uh, uh, take off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we know that water can get through amazing places, and when it does, and if it's kind of buried and concealed in an area, it can cause some damage. You know, you can get mold growing, you can get rot in the woods, and, or in the wood substructure. And having been in remodeling for over 30 years and torn a lot of wall surfaces off, you know, I've seen a lot of that stuff firsthand. And uh, so water uh, resistance, waterproofing, and construction methods, especially in tile and in shower areas where you have water all the time, are really crucial. So you've got to make sure those are installed correctly. So Rick and Anastasia, this is exciting stuff. Um we're going to take a quick break. After the break, I want to talk more about Hamilton Parker. How can clients find your company? What will they see when they get there? We'll be right back. Good morning. Welcome back to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm Gary Demas. Really glad to have you all listening in this morning on this February 17th. And keep in mind that tomorrow's President's Day and the Home and Garden Show is going on this week. So this morning I have uh, Frank and Anastasia with me from Hamilton Parker. And thank you two for being on here and talking all about tile and finding out about grout and tile types and shapes and installation uh, methods and uh, waterproofing. We've covered a lot of stuff here in the last three segments. In case you're just tuning in and missed all that good information, you can always go to DaveFoxRadio.com. And uh, I don't know about tomorrow, but sometime later this week, you'll be able to go there and you'll be able to listen to this entire radio broadcast, as well as any other ones that we've done uh, for the last few years. And we enjoy all of our loyal listeners. It's great to hear feedback and comments from you. You can always reach us at info at DaveFox.com. So talking about reaching us, how about you, Rick and Anastasia, and Hamilton Parker? Uh, I'm sure a lot of people in Columbus are familiar with where your showroom is located, but maybe some people aren't that familiar. And so just talk about how they can find you folks and then what uh, can they find once they get there um so hamilton parker columbus location is located off of 670 kind of as you head towards the airport um but we have a nice really tall sign so (laughs) they should be able to find us um but um once you get there our columbus showroom is probably our biggest showroom um out of all four locations that we do have around ohio um, right now it is going, um, undergoing renovation construction. Um, but come May, you will see a glowing, beautiful, new renovated showroom. Um, we're hoping to just have more room for displays and more room, uh, for workspaces for people to actually like sit down and figure their designs out. Um, but we do still have all our products out too. Um, I know it's kind of overwhelming with everything is just consolidated right now, but um, I, we always encourage people to get our little designers out there. We'll kind of be your little guy to help you find things and pinpoint exactly what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So the, the renovation, explain that to our listeners. What all are you folks doing at the showroom? Um, we're redoing some lighting. We re actually redid all the flooring in there. Um, obviously because we sell a lot of these products that go on the floor, um, in years past, we've kind of used our very showroom floor as a, um, kind of projection of the different products that you can find at Hamilton Parker. So, um, those just needed updated for sure, uh, with the new products or old ones that were discontinued. So we have new floor bays, uh, new shelving where we can fit more products for um, all our homeowners to see. Um, And then we're kind of trying to update on the way that the showroom kind of functions as well. 
um, just more areas for seasonal displays um, for designers to kind of bring in their clients to show them updated um, ideas uh, that they can use for their spaces, but then also just really functional areas where they can sit down and literally like lay everything out. Mm-hmm. out. So Anastasia, since you're working with a lot of the people that come in and just are looking at tile, uh, if we have someone in the listening audience that is interested in maybe putting some tile somewhere in their home and they're not sure where to start, uh, explain just you know what they might find when they come and, and what should they be prepared to, what information should they be prepared to give you folks when they come? Um, this is something I get a lot, uh, people coming in and, oh, sorry, we're really new at this. We really didn't know where to start. We thought we'd just come in, which is always great because um, if you do come in, we can always jumpstart from there. But um, before they come in, it's always really helpful if they just literally go online, look up any inspiration images of their space, um, look up kitchen backsplashes, just see what is out there, see what they like and kind of start getting ideas. Um, it's also usually really helpful if they can bring in, I tell them a sample of anything in your house, uh, whether it be carpet, flooring, previous tile, countertop, paint colors even are really helpful. Um, even fabric swatches from your couch. I mean, really anything to just give us an idea of color schemes that they are kind of going with in their home. Mm -hmm. We can't be there physically. So, yeah, because when you go into a tile store, there's so many, I don't know, millions, maybe colors, textures, uh, shapes, sizes. It can be completely overwhelming if you really don't know what you're doing. And most homeowners, you know, a lot of homeowners will have a really good idea of what they want to accomplish. And sometimes it amazes me uh, the ideas that they bring to the table. And others really, you know, do need a lot of help. But either case, you know, it's always good to have somebody to bounce ideas off of, especially experts like you two that. Uh, have been in the tile business and understand the product and application and uh, also the different colors and finishes that are available and how they might uh, fit in different areas of the home. So it's nice to know that there's that resource for our our listeners to go to and uh, go in the showroom and ask for Anastasia or Rick and say, hey, here's my idea. That'll work. Great. Okay. So Rick, what are you most excited about in the remodel going on? (laughs) <laughs> um, caught you off guard with that one yeah, didn't I yeah. <laughs> I think we're still seeing what's still amazing is is the wealth of material that's that's still out there we recently explored a new Spanish factory called Apreci probably said that wrong I think <laughs> one of our guys uh, Italian guys say Apreci um, but we found flamingos and tattooed dogs. You can turn over a lot of stones and find some very unusual products out there. So that part always excites me. But I suppose what continues to be, um, you know, day in and day out, the, the, the world of porcelain tiles is amazing from wood looks to stone looks uh, to everything in between. And although not all these large sizes work for, for every homeowner, everybody's kind of got their own comfort level when it comes to the size of the tile. Um, you know, the advantages are huge. Suddenly your shower doesn't have very many grout joints perhaps anymore. And for those folks, they still have those solid surface or one piece options. We even now have a very thin porcelain panel, um, that's in the neighborhood of a quarter inch that can be a shower wall and literally just have two or three seams. Um, so just the continuation of new products is, is quite amazing. Yeah. So Anastasia, what are you most excited about with your remodel? 
Um, probably the new workspaces because that's, I mean, my favorite part probably where we start to get stuff together with samples and tile samples and just put it all together. And then sometimes that's just that <clears throat> moment where people see it all together and like, oh, wow, that actually does all look really good. And it kind of clicks for the homeowner once they see it all laid out in front of them. Because people are, I mean, very visual and especially when it comes to a place where they're, it's their home, they're going to be seeing it every day. It really helps them to just see everything laid out. So I'm going to be excited for those spaces. Great. Yeah. Good. So Rick, you mentioned some of the large format tiles and man, there are some large ones now, aren't there? Uh, And that's relatively new, right? Just the last few years. Yeah. It's been an ongoing thing. We were just talking about 24 by 48s the other day. Uh, You know, sometimes it just doesn't make sense how large they're getting. Yeah. Um, There's a beautiful panel from Mirage uh, they started out with three foot by six foot pieces, and then they upgraded to four foot by eight foot pieces. And after a while, it gets kind of overwhelming. But yeah, yeah. but there are advantages and sometimes disadvantages to this. Yeah, six someone feet. listening to this might think, oh, an installer would love that. He only has to put one piece of tile in. But it's just the opposite. I mean, it's so much more difficult to take a large piece of tile and cut the holes in the right spot and cut the little notches where it has to fit around the tile niche or whatever. I mean, it's very, very challenging to put large format tile in, not to mention uh, walls that are not straight and floors that are not straight. There you go. Yeah, the there's line up. That's a huge challenge, and there's not much <clears throat> variation that the industry allows. So, yeah, the bigger the tile gets, the flatter things have to be. Absolutely. Well, Mark and Anastasia has been, or excuse me, um, Rick. Rick and Anastasia, <laughs> it's been great having you on the show this morning. Um, I'm sure our listeners have enjoyed this. And as you know, as they know, they can always go to Hamilton Parker and get good advice and see a lot of different tiles. And you're in the middle of remodeling now, but that'll soon be over. Um, next week, I'm going to be talking with Mark Aubrey from Greenscapes, and we'll be talking about landscaping. So it's always good to have Mark on the show. I know I like to have, ask him a lot of questions about my own home, and he's given me a lot of great advice. Uh, we appreciate everyone listening. You can always get more information from us by emailing info at davefox.com. And you can always uh, come to our showroom at 3505 uh, West Dublin Granville Road. We'd be happy to see you there. So I'm Gary Demas, and I will be back next Sunday morning. Yes, I hope the product selection.